Oh, rocking around the USA as we do every Saturday. Welcome aboard. David Essel in the box with you. David Essel Alive, America's positive radio talk show, celebrating 22 years on the air. And we thank you so much for tuning in. Titanium, unbreakable. That's what this show is. We're helping you to get to that point in life where you feel that powerful, that strong in everything that you do. We are so proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. Of course, you're listening to us right now on XM Satellite Radio 168. And we also stream live around the world at talkdavid.com. Broadcasting out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California, as we do every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. If you have a call, a question, and you want to give us a call, a question on your love life, on relationships, on addiction, recovery, making money, keeping money, saving money, whatever is on your mind, getting a different job, whatever you're thinking about, call us, 1-800-548-8255, We're going to talk a little bit about Valentine's Day today. It's coming up. It's going to be here four or five days away. Look out. But before we go to that, wait till you hear our lineup for our guest, Dr. Eben Alexander, um, a doctor, a medical doctor, author of Proof of Heaven. He's the author of the book Proof of Heaven. He experienced God. He experienced the divine. He actually was in heaven, went into a coma, went to heaven, came back. (laughs) I am fired up to find out what it was like and what this gentleman has to say. Also, astrologer Jan Spiller is back This woman, she rocks the airwaves when she comes on with us. She's the author of many books on astrology, including New Moon Astrology. She'll be taking your calls. And every time she's on, the phone lines go nuts. So when you get ready and you hear that Jan is on the line, remember, you got to call 1-800-548-8255. When you hear her name, not before, but when you hear her name, Will Wilkerson will put you in the lineup, and you'll be able to get a free reading from Jan, which will be awesome. She blows people's minds. She's that good. Yeah, she is. Dr. Devi is back. And we have a topic that is, I know it's going to really open some doors and have some great conversation around it. Is monogamy a myth? Is monogamy a myth? Could it be that we are meant to have multiple partners in life, but because of societal values or religious uh, values that we've been sold a bill of goods that monogamy is not really reality, that it's a myth? Or could the people that love that concept, right, going, oh, this is great, you know, free love, sex, peace, hey, baby, could it be that that other side of the coin is incorrect and we really were here to be monogamous with one person and that's it? Dr. Devi knows. She's going to share some science with us to open our minds and give us the solution to the question, is monogamy a myth. We have an amazing show lined up, as you can tell. It's just going to be incredible. In a couple minutes, I'll be getting to uh, your emails, your questions. And and when you have a question, if you have something going on in your life, we'll wait to hear some of these questions that have come in already. Um, call us. Feel free. 1-800-548-8255. The whole purpose for 22 years of us being on the air now with Premier Radio and XM Satellite 168, has been to give you thoughts and ideas on how to maximize your potential. Get focused, get focused, and break through those barriers that have held you back in life. Uh, Right off the top, this is a biggie. This is huge. Uh, My 16-year-old daughter just told me she had sex the other night for the first time and without a condom. Uh, She feels terrible. As a single dad, I flipped out which scared her. 
I'm totally spinning right now, not knowing what to do next. If you have any thoughts, please share. Oh, my Lord. Well, yeah, I have a great thought. Number one, apologize to her. Talk to your daughter as a single dad and explain why you flipped out and ask to be forgiven. It's past. The experience passed. And, 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 you know, a lot of times parents go, what do you mean apologize to my daughter for flipping out because she had unprotected sex? And what we have to do is think of our experience. Many of us, our first experience in sex was not protected. Um, we probably, many of us did it way too soon. We weren't mentally ready, emotionally ready, spiritually ready, physically ready. There was nothing that we were ready. Most of us, many of us, let me put many of us. I'll put myself in that category and say many of us. So number one, Create a relationship with your daughter of trust by saying that you're sorry for flipping out and and then talk to her as best you can. Uh, next, I would say, get if you haven't already, this just happened the other day, you said, um, get her to a doctor for STD and pregnancy testing. Crucial, absolutely crucial as a safeguard. I would also set her up in some counseling. Not because what she did was um, unnatural and, you know, all that I taught you and you did this and not because of that kind of guilt crap, but because she needs a compassionate, open-minded ear. She needs an, an, an unbiased set of ears to listen to her and to talk about, you know, what she did and why she did it and what her, what her plans for the future regarding sexuality would be. And that's really hard when you've just flipped out. It's really hard to set that that form of communication up, but a professional could do that for you. And I think if uh, if you just follow some of these tips, you'll feel better. She'll feel better. I, you know, I'm with you. I, I can't imagine the terror that went through your mind when your little girl shared that with you. But you want to know something amazing? She told you that is amazing. And it tells me a little bit about the relationship she has with you or wants to have with you. She wants to be able to trust that she can come to you with anything. And that is stunningly beautiful. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. My confidence has always been low in life. I'm a 29-year-old woman. Can you give me one tip to raise it? Oh, my Lord. This is huge. When and, and thank you for for writing in. Twenty nine year old woman needs confidence. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you what I would recommend. And this is going to scare you, and it's okay. Do something that scares you with someone who loves you. Like a lot of times, people go, well, "I'm going to start thinking positively to enhance my confidence," and that is a slow road to China, baby. If you try to change your insecurity, your fear, or lack of confidence with thoughts, oh my Lord, it could take you 100 years. And I mean that sincerely. And I'm a motivational guy. This is my life. I work in the, in the realm of thought. But it doesn't work real well when it comes to boosting confidence or self-esteem. However, doing something that makes you uncomfortable and having a cohort and talking to this person and say, listen, I love you very much. I need your support. Um, I have no confidence. Uh, let's say roller coasters. I'm, I'm re- I have no confidence I can go on a roller coaster. Would you go to the park with me and help me move through that? I have no confidence when I go dancing. Would you go and dance with me? And I'm just going to let go and see what happens, right? I have no confidence when it comes to walking into a gym. And so would you go to the gym with me so I have a cohort? Do you see what I'm saying? Like your physical action in the world on a repetitive basis is going to build your confidence more than trying to use all the affirmations and visualizations in the world. And that does not mean that I'm not a fan of affirmations and visualization. I am. I love affirmation and visualization. But when it comes to fast life change, they are slow. 
They're great tools to use, but they're slow. In other words, get out there, do something that scares you with a cohort, someone who loves you, that won't embarrass you and make fun of you, and tell them ahead of time what you need from them. Just that, asking someone to be with you, to support you, tell them ahead of time, uh, uh, that please don't ridicule me, don't laugh at me. Just that act alone will help build your confidence. Isn't that cool? Um, oh, here's another one. Uh, by the way, uh, you can, um, we just got a couple texts in. You can text us at 941-266-7676, 941-266-7676. You can email us during the show. Uh, matter of fact, we got quite a few new texts in. You can email us during the show at, um, talkdavid.com. Go to our website, email us during the show at talkdavid.com, or of course, always call us. Valentine, here's the next one. Valentine's Day coming up. I'm a very attractive woman, 39, single, and dreading it already. Any advice? <laughs> oh, bless your heart, honey. Yes, I have got, I've got great advice. You know, Valentine's Day can be overblown. Isn't it true? It can be totally overblown. And people that are single, a lot of times it ends up beating up their confidence and it doesn't need to. Number one, use it as a day for self-love. Arrange a massage, a social, hot bath, tennis game, whatever it is, movie with single friends. Use it as an act of self-love. Self-love, self-love. Take that day, the 14th. Love yourself so deeply that it doesn't matter if you're alone or with someone else. Because you are worth it. 1-800-548-8255. David Essel in the box with you. More information at talkdavid.com. After these messages, we're coming back hard and strong. Stay there. You're tuned in to David Essel Live, America's Positive Radio Talk Show. 22 years, celebrating 22 years on the air. We are on XM Satellite Radio 168. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255. Hey, if you're in New England, if you're in New York, and you've been hit by this blizzard, give us a call. Let us know how you're doing. Let us know you're safe. Let us know anything you want. Updates, 1-800-548-8255. Uh, call us. Let us know. Email us. Text us. Just let us know how you're doing up there in the uh, in, in, in the snow, the 24 inches plus of snow. Contact us. Let, let the country know how, how all you guys are doing. 1-800-548-8255. Uh, here's another Valentine's Day one. Valentine's Day coming. I have a new girlfriend. Uh, who's been dropping hints about her girlfriend's going to this outrageously expensive restaurant. Meals start at about $100 each, uh, which would be $200 without drinks, tips, dessert. She's pressing all the time for me to make reservations. I feel between a rock and a hard place. This is a rough week. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. It would be a rough week for you. Okay, number one. This is going to blow your mind, dude, but uh, you got to be honest. This is where people blow it in relationships. They they do things that they resent. They do things they wish they didn't do. They do things they can't afford. I don't know if you can afford it or not, and it doesn't matter. Maybe you just feel like that's a ridiculous amount of money to spend. So you're probably looking at, what, a three $400 night? Um, so be honest. You know, you might lose her. You know, I mean, she may walk and go, oh, my God, you know, it's the most important day of the year, blah, blah, blah. But you got to be up front. 
Um, she might wake up and go, oh, my God, this guy is actually honest. Maybe this is one of the first guys she's ever dated that was honest and said, nah, um, we're not going to do that. You know, the the best is going to happen, right? I mean, she's either going to stay and look at you with respect because you're stating your position or she'll leave and go with someone else that um, is maybe more for her. And you'll find someone that maybe is more for you. But the most important thing in the world to do Oh, my God. You know, I've been working with with singles and relationships and couples forever. And the number one thing that happens that that screws everyone over is that they're not honest in the beginning of the relationship. They do things that they don't like to do and they say it's fine. But then they hold resentments and then the resentments eat at them. And then down the road, they're picking at each other and passive aggressive behavior takes over. It doesn't matter if if you're dating someone that loves sports and you hate sports. Oh, my God. Just let them know. Doesn't mean you won't go to a game every once in a while, but you can just let them know. That's not my bag. You know, if you. Oh, you know, I was working with a new client the other day who started dating someone who smokes and she's a non-smoker. And so she came in and said, well, you know, there's all these other great things about him, uh, but I hate the smoking part of it. But I guess I need to overlook that. It's like, no. <laughs> no, you don't. Not at all. You know, there are things called deal killers in relationships. And if deal killers is drinking or spending or smoking or gossip or whatever it is, you've got to be strong. You've got to be strong. 1-800-548-8255. Judy from New York just um, posted on Facebook, our Facebook page, uh, that she took. <laughs> this is adorable. She took her sled out and took it over to the hotel in order to listen to David Essel live. Now, isn't that dedication? That's dedication. If there's any any other people listening to the show up in the Northeast, you got hit by slammed. If you want to share with us what you're doing, call us at 1-800-548-8255. If you got hit by the storm, let us know how you are. Let us know how, many snow, how much snow you got, how you're doing. You know, you're doing all right? We hope you are. I know there was hundreds of thousands of people without power. Not a good thing to have happen when you're in a blizzard. Uh, 800-548-8255, text us, call us, email us, email us through Facebook, David Essel or David Essel Alive on Facebook. Um, ah, here's, here's a, uh, an addiction dependency issue. I think I have an issue with alcohol. I'm in sales, a 40 year old woman and drink only on Fridays after our sales meetings with the team. I feel obligated. Uh, one leads to three to six and then Saturday I'm not doing well at all. This happens every week. Any ideas? Absolutely. This is a sign of codependency. Codependency means that we we don't feel grounded enough in who we are, so we fear rejection, we crave acceptance. Those are two of the biggest statements when you think, am I codependent or not? It means we're not honest. So we're codependent. Uh, A number of years ago, I worked with a young woman on the West Coast that had this very struggle. Every Friday, she was, uh, I think, a, a assistant VP of sales, and the VP of sales had a sales meeting, and they started off with beer. All Everyone had beer, and she ended up drinking more than she ever wanted to every Friday, almost identical to your email here. So number one is just recognize it's a sign of codependency, and the more codependent we are, the rougher life is going to be. Uh, I would look at going to 12-step meetings. Uh, online, if not in person, to sort of get an idea of how can you live without drinking. It's it, it says here that you only drink on Fridays with the sales team out of obligation, and that obligation is the codependency. And codependency is the largest silent addiction in the world. We do things not because we want to, but because we're afraid if we don't, we're going to get rejected. 
and think about this. If you carry on, you know the potential down the road is going to be DUI, a decrease in productivity, a loss of a job. There's nothing good happening down the road. Nothing good at all. 1-800-548-8255. Thank you for your text. We got some other texts in from people up in the uh, Northeast. Power on, 28 inches of snow. This is in New York, 28 inches of snow. Power on, doing great, having a blast listening to you. Thank you. Uh, Feel free to update us. We'll continue to share that. Uh, Oh, this is interesting. Is it wrong for my girlfriend of three years to look at other guys and share uh, that she thinks that they're a great dresser, really fit, or an amazing businessman? Uh, She shows me every day how devoted she is to us, yet how do I get used to this? It's pushing my insecurity button. I thought I was great, but this is not working. Do you know, I love this question, uh, a long, long time ago, I dated a girl, I lived in Boston, I dated a girl in Boston, and one of the, and she lived in another part of the country, and so she would fly in, and one of the coolest things that she ever taught me was about being secure in a relationship while looking at the opposite sex. And how it started is that she started pointing out women that would walk by. I live not far from Harvard Square, so we'd go down in the square, sit outside on beautiful afternoons. And uh, and she said, oh, my Lord, look at that woman's body. It's incredible. Or look at her hair. I've never seen anyone with more beautiful hair. Or look at the way she's wearing her makeup. Like, isn't that sexy? And I'm sitting next to her pretending. <laughs> I'm pretending I don't see anything, right? I'm pretending I'm, I go, what do you mean? No, honey, you know, like all along, you're looking out of the corner of your eye. But over a period of time, I was able to relax with her. And so I would, I would do a couple things. I would ask her why she feels open to share. Uh, I would ask her how she would feel if you shared the same thing about women. Like just have a real adult conversation. Say, you know, this has been making me a little insecure and I wanted to just um, tell you that and and tell me why you feel the need to share when a guy has a great body or he drives a wonderful car or whatever it might be. Like I would actually have an adult conversation about that. Um, Ask her what she would feel if you made the same comments about women. So, you know, just say, hey, listen, if we're out and if a really gorgeous woman walks by, how would it feel? Would you be okay if I made a comment? You know, see if you both can grow in your security together. Now, if she says absolutely, then you're good to go. If she says no, I don't think that's appropriate, then you're going to have to go deeper. If you have to go deeper, make sure you do it with a third party, a coach, a minister, uh, a counselor, a therapist. You know, if for some reason she balks at you doing the same thing, then that's going to be an issue and you're going to have to get some help and talk about it. But I love the fact, um, as long as it's healthy, that she's doing it in a healthy way. You know, that she is uh, um, not doing it to make you feel insecure or less than. And let's give her the benefit of the doubt. Let's say that she's not doing it to make you feel insecure. So that would be awesome for you guys to deal with together. Hey, if you want to get more focused in life, if you're ready for a radical change with your relationship, with your money, with your body, contact me at talkdavid.com. For 30 years, we've been helping people to create the life they want. I want to help you, and I want to help you today. Contact me at talkdavid.com. We'll rock and roll. We've got the coolest guests coming up. Near-death experience, heaven, God, it's right here. I'm David Essels. Stay there.
Broadcasting for 22 years. Right now live out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio talk show. David Essel alive. Heard on XM Satellite Radio 168 and worldwide via talkdavid.com. 1-800-548-8255. Now, Dr. Alexander is missing in action. He is the, the, the author of the book, Proof of Heaven. He's the neurosurgeon that went into a coma, went to heaven in the seven days in a coma, and is here writing this book and is going to be on this show talking about his experience. But his flight was canceled, and we are scrambling trying to find him right now. He's, he didn't check into the hotel, so he's in transit somewhere. Uh, Will Wilkerson, Nathan Staten are on the ball here at XM, and they're trying to find out where Dr. Alexander is. And I know we'll get him because this, and I know a lot of you have tuned in to listen to the show. And I have a question. He claims that heaven is real and that he spent time with the divine. Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe that someone in a coma could transcend this earthly experience, go to heaven and come back? 1-800-548-8255. Have you had any type of experience in your life that would make you so certain that there is a God, there is heaven? That there is such a thing as the divine? Could you, like, I want to know, call us, 1-800-548-8255. I want to know what you think. Do you believe, or do you believe that such items like the Bible were created by man as a way to give us guidelines to live, but there's no afterlife and there's no previous life, and this is it. We're just, we're here. This is it. This is what we get. But past this experience, when we die, we go nowhere. What do you think? Which side of the coin are you on? Do you have a strong feeling, and can you share why? I would love to know. one 800 548-8255. Have you ever experienced a miracle in your life? A miracle in any way whatsoever that you would say, this proves to me that heaven exists, that God exists. Have you ever had um, a relative that's passed over come back and contact you so clearly that you know without a doubt there is an afterlife and it's alive and well? What do you think? I would absolutely love to know what you think. Millions of people believe in heaven. They believe in God. But there aren't that many people that have gone over and come back. Are there? Compared to the amount of people that are on the 10 billion, 8 billion people on the planet, there aren't that many that have gone there, come back. So do you think that that's kind of a mind trip? Or do you believe that it truly is possible to experience heaven and to come back? And is there an afterlife? Is there somewhere that we're going? Do you know? Do you feel? Do you believe? Do you need something more than just believing? Is believing enough? Is Do you believe that if, as long as it's gifted to you and given to you and taught to you by priests, monks, nuns, rabbis, whatever it might be, is that enough is that enough for you to believe? Or do you think we need to have more experience? And have you had more experience than just the belief? You know, I, I know people that have sworn that a past, a relative who has passed over, has come back and contacted them outside of dream state, like in physical 
physical world. Let's go to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Brenda, you're on with David Essel. Hey there. Great topic. Um, I've been a hospitalist for about 15 years, and with the experiences that I've had in my work, I do believe there is something beyond, whether that is heaven in the you know typical sense of it or an afterlife of some sort that is different for each person because I've had patients describe to me in great detail as the way I put it is they sort of walk in both worlds at the same time. They can talk to, you know, Uncle Joe, who's been dead for 40 years, and then turn around and have a same conversation with me. And it is a different experience for everybody, I do think. Brenda, and this is fascinating. So you think that, like, there isn't one afterlife that the, I mean, are, are you thinking then that the afterlife is created by people's own minds because it's so different and so unique? Yeah, I think it's what we are comfortable with. Mm. Because I've never had anybody be afraid. Um, most people who have these experiences, they sometimes take dying for a test drive. And their physical body will be here, but they are in a coma, deeply gone. And then in a few days, they will come back and tell me, you know, they they know exactly who's been in the room, who's been talking to who, who's angry at who, who's coming back in three days, you know. Wow. And so they, we have such unbelievable senses at this time that we just don't know how to tap into it until we get there. But right. they're, you know, I don't think it's, a fearful thing, it's not a, a punitive place, it's not purgatory, but it is a, maybe a, a way station, if you will, for our souls to go and recuperate hmm. for the next time around. Okay, and, now, um, now here's a, Brenda, here's, here's a question, here's a question, because yeah. you talked about purgatory, H- have any of your clients come back and expressed anything that would be close to what we term hell? No. No. Nothing at Uh, all? It's peaceful. It's beauty and light. It is comfort. And I've had a lot of patients wake up thoroughly angry that they are not dead. Right. They they have wanted to die so badly. They've had experiences that they know where they're going, and they're mad that they are not there yet. They have... We have the power to let go. I've had patients decide they are done and they lay down and die. And other people who decide the only way, or excuse me, the, that they are living and the only way that they should be, are living is because they want to. They aren't ready to let go yet. Mm-hmm. And it's the power of the spirit that we have that determines that. The, um, the longest I took care of someone who was on our hospice program, he had no food to drink, to eat, no drink, no IV fluids, no tube feedings, and he survived for six weeks like that in a semi-conscious state, and he would wake up and fight with us when we would bathe him and change him, but he was not ready to go yet until something happened, and then he was finally able to let go. Brenda, you've been a hospice nurse for 15 years. What percentage of the clients that you've worked with could you say have experienced the afterlife, have gone there and come back? Would it be 5%, 10%, 1%? I would say probably 15 Oh, that much? 
Yeah, it really is an amazing process. When you're seeing somebody several times a week, you're going through that process with them, and you can see the changes and the things that they think are dreams, but, you know, they smell the flowers there. They hear the music. Sometimes mm. they will hear children. And um, I had one patient back in the early days who was a very old man with heart disease, and his wife was not ready to let him go. But he was just as happy as a clam because he was surrounded by angels. You know, they were singing to him. They were playing music. He could see everything, feel everything. And she would, you know, try to poo-poo it. Oh, it's not there. And dismiss it because she couldn't let go of him. Right. he died very peacefully, surrounded by his, what he calls, angels. Angels. Brenda, I I thank you so much for giving us a call, Brenda. This is enlightening. It was awesome. All right. Take care. Thanks for the show. Okay, you're welcome. 1-800-548-8255. Do you understand and believe in the afterlife? Brenda just gave us some great examples. 15% as a hospice nurse, 15% of her patients have been there and returned. Is that enough for you to believe it too? Have you ever connected with someone on the other side? A relative, a friend, did they ever come back and make it known that there is an afterlife? Do you believe in heaven? Do you believe do you believe in hell? Now, Brenda said none of them have ever come back and talked about hell. What do you think? 1-800-548-8255. That would go against so many teachings if there's no hell. I want to know what you think. 1-800-548-8255. America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Much more to come. I'm David Essel. Stay right there. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Welcome aboard. Toll free, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. Dr. Alexander, Dr. Edmund Alexander, author of the book, Proof of Heaven, A Neurosurgeon's Journey into the Afterlife, is hung up with this outrageous weather that people in the Northeast are experiencing. So he has not been able to call in yet, but the topic, does heaven exist is what we're looking at right now. What do you think? I'm going to share a story about my grandfather in a second, but what do you think? Is is heaven real? Do you have proof? Have you ever been contacted by the other side? Do you need proof? Or do you believe that this is it? I mean, this we, we get this life, you know, make the most out of it because there's nothing after this. Um, we just got to someone, one of our listeners, Faith, um, I know there is a heaven. I need no proof because of my faith. Interesting. Um, I feel my husband who passed on, I cannot explain it, but there must be an afterlife. Uh, another one, I'm going home, my dad said to me, as he passed off this plane, and I really believe him. What do you think? 1-800-548-8255. Is, is the afterlife a such thing? Is it a fantasy? Is it something that we were given through books and stories to make us feel secure when in actuality there's nothing else other than this? 800-548-TALK. Or do you believe that um, it's real? Have you been contacted by someone on the other side? Have you experienced it? 
do you have something more than faith? And that doesn't mean that faith isn't good enough. Like we just got this one person said, I know there's a heaven. I need no more proof. I have faith. 800-548-8255. So I want to tell you a, a freaky story. I'm in a massage. I'm in Gainesville, Florida, and I'm getting a massage. And I had no idea the massage therapist was a medium, was someone who contacted people from the other side. I didn't know. I didn't sign up for a massage and a medium workshop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I went in for an hour and a half massage. Within 15 minutes, I could feel a shift in the room. I could feel a shift in the massage therapist. And uh, all of a sudden she said, um, listen, I, I didn't tell you this, and I don't want to freak you out, but uh, I'm a medium as well as a massage therapist. And I'm laying there, you know, somewhat relaxed, but somewhat my ears perked up. I said, yes. And she said, there's someone here. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean there's someone here? She said, no, no, no. There's someone that's trying to come through to contact you. And um, do you want to do a session or do you want me just to try to ignore it and to do your massage? Well, I go, oh, my God, I don't know. I've never had a meeting. I've never worked with a meeting before. And she said, well, I'll tell you what. It's coming through really, really hard. And I think it'd be hard for me to not be distracted. And it really this person, this entity, this spirit wants to get your attention. So long story short, she starts talking to me and saying things about, you know, it's someone in your family. I said, okay. And, um, and it's, uh, it looks, it sounds, it feels like a relative. I said, okay. And, um, and he wants you to know that he's doing great. And I said, fantastic. And he wants you to know that he'll never forget his stories about the tackle box. And, uh, and she said, do you know what I'm talking about? I go, oh my God. And she said, uh, you know, I think his name might be your name. And I started getting chills. I said, oh, my Lord. So I said, you know, I think it's my grandfather, David Lachlan. And she said it very, she goes, I think you're absolutely right. And he keeps talking about a tackle box. And he keeps talking about you sitting at his feet. Does this make sense? Well, here's the story. My, my grandfather, my grandfather Lachlan, was not a kid's grandfather. He didn't really have time for kids. He was an amazing soul, hunter, fisher, built houses, a carpenter, but he just really wasn't into kids. So, And I loved him because he was a hunter, fisherman, and all that kind of stuff. And I would sit at his feet. My parents would try to get me away. He'd come home from work, get his papers, highball, sit in the chair. He just wanted to be left alone, right? And here's this little pest sitting at his feet. Well, I would sit there forever. My parents would drag me away. I'd find my way back. But he'd never pay me any attention at all until I'd sit there for about an hour. And then all of a sudden, he'd pull his paper down and say, go get the tackle box with that amount of enthusiasm, right, which would send me into ecstasy. And I would run and get his tackle box. And it was one of those like eight layer ones that he made by himself, his own hands. And then he would say, pick one. And I would pick one lure out. And then he would tell me this phenomenal story about this fish he caught. And he was with his, his best buddy up in Canada. And they, you know, it was a 77 inch, um, um, musk lounge or some huge fish, right? And she's telling me all this stuff, and I start to cry because it was my grandfather. And he says, and she says to me, she says, you know what? He wants to thank you for showing him how to love. Because my my grandfather, you know, was closed down to kids, right? Is that amazing? Like, I know there's an afterlife. I'm 100% positive. What do you think? one 800 548 8255. Let's go to Tennessee from New Mexico to Tennessee. Ed, you're on with David Essel. 
Hello there, Ed. Hello. Hello. Yes, yes Ed. Are you, you, oh. Yeah, you're on the air, my man. What can I do for you? Okay. I didn't really believe in the afterlife, okay? But uh, when I was growing up, my uncle used to tell me stories about raw head and bloody bones. You know, like scary stories and stuff like that. Yeah. And I really didn't know, you know, where he was getting all this from, you know, and everything. Now, here I am about, about 30 years later. I walk in the library, and I just got this, you know, urge to grab this book. So I grabbed the book, and I sat down, and I started reading it. And every story I read was one of the stories he told me. Ain't no way possible for me to go all those books in the library and pick that one book. Cool. Cool. So do you think that she guided you to that book? Yes, I do. I really do, because I, I, I didn't grab no other book. I just went to told me, hey, grab this book. So I grabbed it. It was called uh, uh, Tales of the Ozark. And every story that was in there was one of the stories that he used to tell me. Wow. Sure it was. Wow, wow, wow. Now, now, how, how was that, cha- and how long ago did that happen, Ed? Uh, it happened when I saw the book, it was about three or four years ago in Kansas City. But my uncle okay, three. died about three or four years before that. Okay. So, oh, yeah, and have you had, have, have you been contacted in any other way by your uncle? Has there been any other experiences that you know that that was your uncle? Mm, not since then, no. That was really obvious right there, though. I mean, yeah, that was the only that- one. And and yep. is is there any other proof that you've had in your life, Ed, that you would say there's definitely a heaven, there's definitely an afterlife? Nothing other than uh, I get this urge to like stop, and then when I stop, something like zoom past me. I said, man, if I'd have been going a little bit more, I would have got hit. You know what I'm saying? I, right. I got a feeling that that some force or angel or something is controlling yeah. all of that. Yeah. Do you believe in angels? Yep, I sure do. Yeah, yeah. You know, a couple weeks ago, Ed, we had this woman from Ireland on. Her name is Lorna Byrne. And she has seen angels since she was a little kid. Now she's written several books on angels. She was on the show, and the next day I said, you know, I'm going to test this angel stuff out. And I went to this beach that I always go to, and I said, you know what? If there's a guardian angel here, I would like to receive a feather today. And within a short period of time... This huge feather appears at my feet. Wow. Cool. Isn't that cool? I'm telling you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I like when hey, stuff like that happen. It makes me feel better, you know? For some reason, it, I just feel a whole lot better knowing that that's life after death, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now, Ed, do you believe in hell? I believe in hell? Uh, yeah. Needless to say, I do. Okay, all right. So, so do you believe that if you're doing the right thing here, you'll go to heaven, and if you screw up, you'll go to hell? Uh, yes, I do. And where are you going, Ed? Oh, uh, what do you mean? Well, right now, <laughs> in, a phys- no, in a physical no, life? No, where, 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 are you going, where are you going in the afterlife? Are you going to heaven or hell? I'm hoping I go to heaven. I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that, brother. Hey, Ed, thank you so much for giving us a call. All right, thank you for letting me on. You're welcome. Bye-bye now. 
1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-8255. Check out all that we have going on at our website, talkdavid.com. You can find out the guests coming up. As a matter of fact, coming up, start calling us, okay? In about eight minutes, ten minutes, start calling us because we are having Jan Spiller, the astrologer, on. She's doing free readings on the air. So, like, at six after the hour, start calling us. We'll get you in the lineup because it's going to rock. Jan Spiller is amazing. 1-800-548-TALK. Remember that number. 1-800-548-TALK. Get in the lineup at about six minutes after the hour, and we will have you talk to Jan specifically one-on-one about your future. I'm so glad you're with us. 22 years on the air. David Essel in the box with you. TalkDavid.com. Stay right there.